rich bull and angel. They have their daughter Emma with them. But you know, one of the greatest things that I could say is that he is my friend. We've known each other for about 22 years, and um, I've seen God use him. He's been on boards and, you know, preached at camp meetings and youth camps and Winterfest. But just to know that there's a solid man of God who has a heart for God, who's willing to obey God in whatever the Lord tells him to do is a true blessing, and I'm, an on I'm honored to call him my friend, and I believe that God's going to use him today to speak to us. Can we give Brother Rich Bowe a welcome this morning? Come on, let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Can we do that today? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. They cheered louder than that at the Super Bowl. Oh, come on, we can beat that. Come on, let's give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, that's all right. You can let out a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was certainly good to be with you this morning and to be with the Dyers and uh, to be with your married couples the last few days. Man, what a great group of folks that was. And uh, we pray that just something we said, we told them we're going to give them a lot of information over a few days. And we were just hoping, right, that uh, when we shot all those clay pigeons up, they just get one. Just shoot one. Take one with you uh, this past week. But the Lord was good to us. And what a beautiful facility for City Kid. I like to get out in the country a little bit. I was raised in the inner city of Cleveland, pastored there over 20 years and uh, moved to Wilmington, Ohio, which uh, now I live surrounded by corn and soybeans and horses. And I'm, I'm still in shock. I've been there nine months and I'm still trying to adjust to that. But uh, they were just a blessing to us this weekend. They put us up in the mountains um, in a cabin. And uh, I kept saying to myself as I was passing those driveways, Lord, please don't let this be mine. Please don't let this be mine. Then I got to mine, and I was wishing I'd pray, Lord, let this be mine, because that thing was straight up. And then it cut to the right a little bit and, and uh, told my wife, we're in bear country up here, but it was beautiful, and I'm just so grateful and thankful for the hospitality. We love the Dyers. I know you're, uh, you're going to love them if you haven't already connected to them and love them. You're blessed. You're, ha you're blessed to have them as pastors. You're blessed to have them as shepherds. We were both a lot younger back then. We were both a lot skinnier. We had a lot more hair. It was less gray uh, back then. But uh, man, the Lord brought the Dyers into our life. We were in the Cleveland area and they were at Parma Park and just connected with them and then stayed connected as they went on to the missions field. Angel, my wife, has traveled there twice uh, to be with Paul in ministry. Uh, she's itching to go back again. It's going to cost me money. Every time I see Paul, it costs me money. I got to buy airplane tickets and go on a missions trip. And so I'm grateful for this family, thankful for them. I, I found a picture right before I left, just kind of nostalgic, but they came to the Cooley Avenue Church. We were raising money for them and all of our kids, they stayed with us. We lived in the inner city, just a little church and we were trying to make it. And so they stayed upstairs in our old century, old home. We stayed down. And then we took our kids to the zoo and we just have this picture uh, on this rock of all of our babies. And now my, my son is married. I've got a daughter-in-law. They're in college. They're growing up. And, uh, and so it's just been a blessing to be able to be a part of their lives and be connected to them and uh, to be able to be here this morning. I'm, I'm really honored uh, by that. And uh, I want to preach. Is that okay today? And I, I want to be careful that I don't use preacherisms. I pastor a church and I know I tend to do that. But I have a word for you this morning. I believe I have a word for your church this morning. I believe I have a word that could change um, the trajectory of who you are and what God is getting ready to do in you. I'm excited about that. I talked to my friend. We transitioned in ministry together in the same month. We, we both felt the Lord drawing us away and uh, we made church transitions. And so uh, we've kind of kept in contact with that. I'm excited about where you are, but I'm more excited about where God is taking you. 
How many of you believe you, you haven't even begun to see what God is going to do here, right? You haven't even begun to see what God is going to do here. And I'm so grateful for this. This is going to be your overflow one day. I just sense that. And uh, I just believe the Lord has plans for you. And I want to preach to you. I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts, the fourth chapter. And uh, Angel's got me on the clock here. She's like the lady on the side of the boxing ring. She'll ring a bell when it's my time to shut up, and she'll shut me up. But I, I want to preach while I have a little time. And I want to talk to you this morning. They're going to put the PowerPoint up under this theme, Shake Well Before Using. Shake Well before using. Would you join me one more time and would you just stand and turn in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, the 23rd verse, and I'm going to read some scripture to you and we're going to go ahead and preach the word of the Lord this morning. It said, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and they said, Lord, thou art God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel had come to gather together. For to do whatsoever thine hand and thy counsel determine before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that which with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders. Don't you want to see signs and wonders? Come on, somebody. I want to see signs and wonders that they may be done by the name of Jesus. And when they had prayed the prayer, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness and the multitude of them that believed was of one heart and one soul neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own but they had all things in common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all would you pray with me this morning father we thank you for your word we are grateful, Lord God, that it is alive this morning, that it is powerful, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray this morning, Lord God, as we prepare to move into the message, Lord, that the anointing we have felt since we pulled in the lot would continue. Lord, the anointing we felt in worship this morning. Lord, during that song, God. And Father, we just pray that you will help us today. God, I sense, Lord God, that you're wanting to speak a word, Lord God. It's, Lord, you're wanting to do a work here this morning. I believe you're calling us back to a season of revival, Lord God, in this place. A season of signs and wonders, of tongues and interpretation, of healings, Lord God, of salvations, of deliverance. I declare that over this house today. Father, I pray now that you'll spill everything out of me that doesn't need to be. God, that you'll put in me today what I need to be able to accomplish what has to be done here. And I will glorify you and praise you and thank you for it all. And we ask it all today in the great name of Jesus. And everybody in the place today shouted amen and amen and amen. Would you just give the Lord a good hand clap of praise? This morning, you can be seated. Thank you. I, I grew up Catholic, and uh, our vacation as a family every year was my father running our parish carnival. We never really went out of town or had a vacation. I think that's why I try to do it often with my family. But our vacation was running the carnival because in our little inner city parish, that carnival was the... Uh, the income maker for the whole year. And I'll never forget the time that I went 
uh, to that carnival, and, and the rules were that if we would help through the week, Monday through Thursday, then Friday was a free day for all of us. And although my dad was in charge, we'd get unlimited ride tickets and unlimited food tickets. And if we would just work the week, we'd get to Friday. Friday was our day. I remember I was just uh, probably seven, six, seven, eight years old. It was about 100 degrees that July in Cleveland. Our church was on blacktop, and it felt like about 200 degrees. And I remember that day riding and kind of hanging out with my mom. And, uh, and then we crossed one of those lemonade stands. You know what I'm talking about with the, the lemonade and the ice and the silver cup. And I was dying of thirst. And so I did what any good child did would do. I nagged my mom until she got in that line. And I remember standing, I was probably from here to, to halfway to the back of the church in the line. It was so hot. And I remember watching these two ladies execute the making of this lemonade. I remember one of them taking it and they would put water in the glass and they would cut a lemon and squeeze it and drop it and then she would slide it across the countertop and the other lady would take a, a, a cup of sugar or, or a, a measuring spoon of sugar and she would put that in there and pop in ice and she'd put it in that silver thing and she'd shake it as hard as she could. It would pop on the counter and spill everywhere and she slid it out, took the money and I watched them do this time time and time again and as I got closer to the line I could see the sweat on the glass I was dying of thirst I was little and then something just came over me and an idea popped up in my mind I thought I'm not waiting in this line I can't take this anymore so about halfway through them in this process making a glass of this lemonade I got the idea that I would jump out of line and run ahead of everybody else and I would grab myself a glass of lemonade and so this is a true story so I, I, I we waited in that line and then we got closer to the window and that woman took it and, and she put water in it and cut the lemon and dropped it in there and she went to slide that thing across the counter and something came on me I just jumped out of line and I ran to the front of the line and I snatched that glass off the counter and in one fell swoop I snatched it and I turned that thing upside down and I began to drink it. Now I'm going to tell you something I had a completely different idea of how that was going to taste and I got that glass halfway down and something began to happen. My lips began to pucker. My whole face began to pull in towards my throat. I took that cup and I tossed it to the ground and I, I began to say, oh, and I was spitting it on the ground and I, I was thinking to myself, this is horrible. I watched that sweat go down that glass I, I thought it would be something different and, and, and it didn't taste like it looked and, and all of a sudden it eventually got to me that as a small boy I learned a pretty valuable lesson that day see what I had done was that I had thought that the process of shaking that lemonade was over but I grabbed that glass in the middle of that process and I learned that day that skipping the shaking in the lemonade making process really affects the end product. That's what I learned. I, I learned that a good shaking could be beneficial. I, I learned that sometimes a good shaking was necessary if I wanted what was in me that was bitter to become sweet. I learned that a shaking was important. No doubt we've all seen the labels and the instructions on numerous items that we have on our life on a daily basis that before we use them they have to be shaken well things like salad dressing and cough medicine and, and baby formula if they instruct us to move it or, or stir it or, or shake the contents in the bottle or the jar or in the cup in a way that all the ingredients that have been separated or that have 
sunk to the bottom would be brought back together for their intended purpose. That word shake, guys, the next slide, means to rock. It, it, it means to incite. It means to shift. It, it means to move or to, to, to disturb a one or to cast one down from their secure and their happy state. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt stagnant or satisfied or comfortable? Have you ever allowed the gifts and the talents and the, the abilities that God has put in your life to lay dormant? Have you ever got to the place in your walk with the Lord where the good stuff that God put in you has settled and is just lying useless in your life? I don't know about you, but I've been there before. There have been times where I got lazy, times where I got content, Pastor, times where I got satisfied, times where I felt like I was just going through the motions, when I felt my, myself weary, and, and I wound up feeling fed up. And when you feel fed up, that's when you start to, get to give up. I, I know you've never felt that way. You're too spiritual to feel that way this morning. But I, I have felt that way in my life this morning. And, and then one day it hit me in a time of prayer. I remember that story of the time I was a boy. And it hit me that maybe what worked for my lemonade would also work for my spirit. That maybe what worked for my lemonade would also work for my life. Maybe, just maybe, what I needed was a good shaking. Maybe, just maybe, what I needed was a good stirring in my life. Maybe that would be beneficial for me. Maybe I wanted my bitterness to become sweet. Maybe I just needed a good shaking to get me moving. So during that time of prayer, I just begin to ask God, okay, if this is you, then shake me. I said, shake my life and shake my ministry. Stir me up. Disturb me. Agitate me. Rock me a little bit. And if it's necessary, then pull me down from my secure and my satisfied state. I was so tired of just going through the motions. I was just tired of being in church. I wanted to see his glory. I wanted to feel him again. I was so tired of the schedules and the meetings and the leading. I just wanted to feel the Holy Ghost. I just wanted God to show up for me again. And so I begin to pray, God, do what you have to do. But you better be careful because if you pray that kind of prayer, God is going to answer it because God will do exactly in your life what you're asking him to do. See, the problem was not that I asked it. The problem was that times of shaking and stirring were not fun. The times of shaking and, and stirring were hard. No one likes to be shaken. No one likes to be disturbed. Nobody wants to be moved. Nobody wants to be agitated. God, nobody wants their boat rocked. We're like the people in Gadara who prayed for the man to be ministered to and to be freed. He kept us up at night screaming. He was bound with chains and fetters. But when Jesus comes and he delivers him, scripture said they all gather around and you'd think they'd have church and rejoice. But what they say is you gotta leave. We're like them sometimes. God, we want you. God, we want an outpouring of the Holy, Bo the Holy Ghost. God, we want you to solve our problems. Just save our pigs. God, come on and touch me. Just don't touch my stuff. God, I need your glory. Just don't shake me. God, we, we want you to come. We want your glory. We want your power. But if it means prayer meeting and it means staying a little longer, see, our problem is it's not that we're praying for God to send revival. The problem is not that we're asking God to shake us. The problem is when we pray that prayer, God is going to answer it and you're going to have to do things that you've never done before in your life. God, shake us. And I learned 
some valuable lessons in that time. I learned that those were fearful times and painful times, difficult times. I learned that I didn't enjoy the season of shaking and stirring. I rather would have gone through this and not went through that, but I knew that in the end it would be beneficial. See, I used to think God was hating me or judging me. I'd think in the middle of all of this that God was stirring me me and shaking me, and he was allowing me to go through this to bring my demise or my downfall or my destruction and then right in the middle of that time of prayer I read in 2 Timothy where he said listen Timothy God's going to stir up this thing that he's put in you I want you to stir up the gifts of God in you and I remember one day being at my house and I remember thinking to myself God I need you to shake me I need you to stir me but this is uncomfortable God I'm not sure this is what I I want and I had a, a soda pop with me that day I don't know how God speaks to you but I had a can of pop and I felt the spirit of the Lord say shake it and I, I shook it and I was saying God but it's uncomfortable God you're doing things in me that are uncomfortable and, and I'm fearful and I heard the spirit of the Lord saying you don't have to be fearful of anything in your life because I'm in you and when I'm in you and, and I begin to stir in you and I'm and I'm shaken up in you the enemy's fearful of that see the enemy's not fearful of you he's not fearful of your authority he's not fearful of your title but something begins to happen when God begins to to shake you what's inside of you may not be fearful or, or, or you may not be feared but what's inside of you begins to change when things are shaken in your life you're not necessarily a afraid of this can of pop but things begin to change when I begin to shake it a little bit we're not afraid of it when we open it to drink it but when the kids drop the two liter on the ground something happens we have to sit it on the counter and let it sit there you want to know why because the pressure has been built up in it from a shaking and a stirring can I tell you something I'm here to remind somebody today that the devil's not afraid afraid of you. He's not afraid of who you are. He's not afraid of what you can do. But what he is afraid of is the church of God in Alcoa Marysville that start to say okay God, shake us. Stir us God. You know what will happen? All of hell will begin to get nervous when the the Lord begins to shake you and he begins to stir you. He's not afraid of you when you're just having church. Oh, but God when revival comes and he starts shaking things in your life and he starts stirring things in your life you know what will happen he'll shake you to the point he'll stir you to the point where you'll be so full of him that when the top comes off you'll explode on everything that is around you can I just declare today that God is getting ready in this nation to shake his church God is getting ready today to shake his people God show me your glory if you want to see the glory of the Lord in the days in which we are living you better prepare yourself to be shaken to see what God can do in your life shake us God stir us that's why he said I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gifts of God which are in you by the putting on of our hands. Did you ever think that maybe it's not to punish you or harm you? Maybe God is shaking you and stirring you to get where he needs you to be so the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be released in your life. Maybe the shaking and the stirring you're experiencing isn't just more trouble. Maybe God is preparing you for a release. And just like that can of pop, after it's been shaken and the pressure has built up in it, when you release that, that's where the power comes from. Maybe you're not going through what you're going through today for your demise or your downfall or your destruction. Maybe you need to raise your hands and rejoice today because you're going through what you're going through so that God can
Holy Spirit can be released in your life. Shake me. Stir me. Shake us. Stir us. Have you ever thought that your shaking was for your good? You know, I've learned a few things about shaking. Thank you, Pastor Paul. I'm fat. I sweat a lot. i got to take that coat off. I learned a few things. Number one, are you ready? I learned that a shaking always follows a season of prayer and praise. In, in layman's terms, you won't just get it. You have to work for it. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they, they spoke the word of God with boldness. Time and time again in the scripture, you see this principle in action. But, but really no greater time than in Acts 16. And Acts 16 in the 16th verse, it said that one day while they were going for a, a time of prayer... There was a demon-possessed girl. She was a, a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her master. And, and Paul is there and she, she follows him and the rest of the disciples. And she's shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God. And they have told, they've come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Scripture said Paul becomes exasperated with this little girl who is following him and declaring these things. And finally he turns to her and he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out from her. And instantly the devil that had possessed her had come out and, and the wealth of the master was shattered. And so they take Paul and Silas and they, they drag them before the authorities in the marketplace. A mob forms against them. They are stripped. They're beaten with wooden rods. And they're, they're beaten and they are thrown into the inner prison, into the inner jail. If you study that, you will find that that is the deepest and the darkest cell in the prison it is the cell that is held aside for the worst of criminals and they are tossed down into the inner dungeon and their feet are clamped with stocks but scripture said that even though they are in that prison they look at each other around midnight and they say hey if we're here and this is what has to happen we might as well pray a little bit and we ought to sing a little bit and so scripture said somewhere around midnight the darkest part of the morning in the darkest prison in the place they begin to worship and they begin to sing and they begin to pray can I just tell you that there was a, a drastic mistake made by those who had placed Paul and Silas in the prison and the mistake is you never put two Pentecostals together in the worst of situations you never put two Pentecostals who know how to pray who are Holy Ghost filled in that situation you can put a Pentecostal and an unbeliever you can put two unbelievers but if you stick two Pentecostals in a prison cell somewhere they're going to have them a prayer meeting they're going to have them a song singing and somewhere around midnight scripture says they begin to pray and they begin to praise. You know what Matthew 18 says? It says, again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that you ask, it shall be done from them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You see, when we pray and we praise, that's when God shows up and that's when God gets to shaking us up there's no can, can I just tell you there is no such thing as a drive through breakthrough I don't know who's preaching that message I don't know who's trying to tell us that but there are no such things as drive through breakthroughs we're going to have to spend a little time in the presence of the Lord we're going to have to worship God we're going to have to get in our closet that's why I love being
singing in church on Sunday morning. That's why I love worship. That's why I love prayer. That's why I love the Word of God because it has a tendency to breed an atmosphere where God desires to be. And when God shows up, that's when things get shaken up and people get saved and people get sanctified and people get filled with the Holy Ghost and people get set free and people get delivered and people get released from bondage and people get healed and people get restored and people get made whole. See, your shaking begins with your prayer and your praise. They made a mistake when they put two of them in the same prison and they made a second mistake when all they did was bound their feet because when they begin to pray and praise, what Paul and Silas taught us is sometimes you got to get yourself free with what's not bound in your life. The devil may have bound one area, but if he doesn't bind your praise and he doesn't bind your prayer, he may bind your marriage, he may bind your children, he may bind your health. He put them in stocks and fetters, but even with their hands bound and even with their feet bound, scripture said they begin to pray and they begin to praise and when they did, the fetters and the chains fell to the floor. Sometimes, oh my God, you just got to praise your way out of a situation. You got to use what's not bound in your life to loose yourself from what is bound in your life. Sometimes all you can do is call his name. Sometimes all you got in you is a song. And I don't care if you can sing good. He doesn't hear it anyways. He smells it. Somebody said, you can't sing a lick. I said, I don't care. By the time it gets to the throne room, it's not a sound anyways. It's a sweet-smelling savor unto the nostrils of the Lord. And if I'll just stand up and I'll praise him and give him a song and I'll pray and I'll worship and I'll honor him, he'll start loosing what is bound in my life with the things that are not bound in me. Sometimes you're going to have to work for it. If you get on that organ, we ain't ever leaving here. I'm telling you that right now. That's why Psalms 22 and 3 said, and yet you are holy. You, O oh God, are enthroned on the praises of Israel. It is God who inhabits the praises of his people. It always is preceded by prayer and praise. But secondly, what you need to know is a shaking will always release unnecessary or harmful things in our lives. Remember Acts 28? Paul is shipwrecked on the island of Malta. He said the people were kind to us, but it was cold, it was rainy. And so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. And as Paul is gathering sticks, they built the fire. Paul is stoking it. He feels like it's going to go out. So he goes to gather sticks. And as he gathers an armful of sticks, there was a viper laying among the fire, a poisonous snake. And when Paul puts the wood on the fire, we are told that the heat drives the viper from the flames and it bites Paul on the hand. Can I, can I just stop here and tell you that if you allow a shaking and a stirring in the church and the Holy Ghost turns up the fire in your life and in your church, what I have learned is it will always expose the vipers around you. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I have learned is that just like cold-blooded reptiles can't handle the heat, neither can cold-blooded people. Woo! Let me say it again. When you turn up the fire, it'll draw out those people that are cold-blooded. They'll show themselves when you turn up the fire.
They'll show who they really are when you turn up the fire. The enemy will be exposed in your life when you turn up the fire. And Paul is putting wood on the flames and it jumps out and it grabs him. And when it does, the people of the island see this hanging from him. And they say to each other, he must be a murderer, no doubt. He's escaped the sea. Justice isn't going to let him live. But Paul hears what they are saying to him. Paul hears what they are saying around that fire. Paul hears what they are saying. And all of a sudden, that thing that has attached himself to him becomes a tool of his testimony. Can I just tell you that because you're being attacked, it doesn't mean you're unsaved. And because you're going through a battle, it doesn't make you any less of a believer. What I have learned is that those things that dwell in darkness are always drawn to the light. Nobody ever throws stones at a tree that doesn't bear fruit. Nobody has ever thrown a rock at a barren tree. If you're going through what you're going through. Maybe you're going through that not for only your glory and his glory and your deliverance. Maybe you're going through it so that everyone around you can see that even though the enemy has come and even though he has tried to attach himself to you, even though he's tried to battle you and destroy you and take your family and take your children and make you depressed, and bring anxiety. Did you ever think that what you were going through wasn't for your demise? Maybe it was so God could bring you to the place where Paul was. And when they said he's going to die, he's a murderer, he's done something wrong, he's got sin in his life, he just looked at the thing that attached itself to him. And you know what the scripture said? He just shook that thing and he began to shake it. And when he shook that thing it returned to the fire for which it had come out I've got a word for somebody today what some of you just need to do is stop complaining about it some of you gotta stop crying about it some of you gotta start worrying about it and what you need to do is just pray God shake me because when God shakes you what has tried to attach itself to you cannot stay How many of you have a washing machine in your house? You know what the paddle in the middle of the washing machine is called? It's called an agitator. You want to know why it's there? It's there to separate what's dirty from what's clean. It's there to take the stains away from what is clean. And did you ever think that the Holy Ghost just isn't there to bring sunshine and flowers and and for you to just dance among the daisies? Sometimes the Holy Ghost is there to agitate your life and to shake you to separate what was dirty in your life from what is clean. Sometimes he's there to take away the things that have tried to attach themselves to you that will bring your death and demise. You're not going to be destroyed from this. You're going to live. And when you live, you're going to come out clean and you're going to come out better than when you went in the first place. I'm reminded of the old farmer who had a prize winning goat. Come on, you can play with me. That'll help me. I remember this farmer this story said he had this prize winning goat and won a blue ribbon every year and this goat one day got up to an old well where this farmer used to have water and the goat looked at the farmer and he put his front legs on the well and he jumped in and fell 40 feet in an abandoned well that farmer couldn't believe He looked down in the hole and there was his prize winning goat and he couldn't believe it. He tried all day long from morning to night to try to coax the goat, to attach strips to get him out. And then he realized, Paul, the goat was in there all night that when he woke up the next morning, the only thing he could do that was humane was bury the goat in the well. He's tried ladders. He's tried everything and he can't get to it. So he gonna bury the goat in the well. So he gets the backhoe. And his son, and him and his son are running backhoes. And they're digging up earth. And they're dropping it in the well. And they're digging up earth. And they're dropping it in the well. 
And this happens for two hours. They've got this back hose and they're just digging up clumps of dirt and they're dropping that dirt in the well. And after about two hours, he, he, he is sad. And so, so he decides to get off his backhoe and he decides to, to make sure that what they started was completed. And to his amazement, when he looked down in the well, half of the well had been filled with dirt, but the goat was on top of it. And so he told his son, we didn't bury it. It's alive. It's actually standing on what we put down there. He said, how is that possible? He said, get another bucket of dirt and toss it in there and I'm going to watch. And so the son grabs the backhoe and he scoops up the dirt and he puts the forks above the well and he drops a whole load of dirt and the farmer looks down there. You know what happened when the dirt hit that old goat? The farmer looked down. He said when the dirt hit the back of that old goat, that goat just started shaking and then he stomped on the mud and put it under his feet. He said, drop another load in there. And he dropped another load and when it hit the goat, he just shook it off and put it under his feet. Do you realize that Romans tells us when Paul writes to the church that there is a devil that we have been given authority over that when he tries to put stuff on us, we can just shake him off and we can put him under our feet according to the authority of scripture. There are some of you that you've just given up you don't have to give up you just shake off that stuff he's trying to put you under and you put it under your feet you shake off that stuff he's trying to send into your marriage and you put it under your feet you shake off that stuff he's trying to put in your body and you put it under your feet you take authority over that thing in the name of Jesus today and you let the shaking in your life bear an anointing that says I'm not going to receive this I'm just going to shake this thing off and I'm going to put this thing under my feet and what the devil was using for my demise and my destruction God is going to use as my platform to get me up out of this situation you know what happened the goat eventually got on top of that dirt and just walked out of the well some of you today need to put that stuff under your feet and just walk out of the well that you've been stuck in for the last several weeks It'll shake you. Number three, come on, guys. Let me give you this, and I'm closing. You know, a good shaking stirring will stir up things that have been settled, comfortable, and lifeless in us. Sometimes a, a good shaking is necessary in order to get us moving, to wake us up, get life back in us. Remember Ezekiel 37, right? He said, I was taken by the Lord into a valley. He said, he took me there and I was among dry bones. They were dead. They were dry. The Lord asked him a question. He said, oh, man of God, can these bones live? He said, oh, Lord, only you know this. And God said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to prophesy unto these bones. Say unto them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus the Lord God said unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you'll live. I'll lay sin you upon you, flesh upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you'll live. And when you do, you'll know that I'm the Lord. So the prophet said, I did as God had commanded me. I stood in a valley full of dry, dead things. And I did what God said. I prophesied. I prophesied to the wind. And I said, oh wind, blow again. And it blew. And all of a sudden, shin bone was connected to the knee bone. And the knee bone was connected to the... And they began to come together. Scripture said that that when they begin to come together, they begin to stand up and, and sinew came on them and flesh came on them. And all of a sudden, he's prophesying and, and they're standing there as an army. 
All of a sudden, Scripture said there was a shaking. The wind began to blow again. And they began to live again. And when they lived, Scripture said they became an exceeding great army. Can I tell you in these last days that we're living, what we used to do is not going to get it done. We are standing in a dark, desolate place today, my friend. We are surrounded by death. We are surrounded by things that once were alive. We are surrounded by things that were once moral and once right and once Godly, and we're living in a different world today. Today, the fear of the Lord seems non existent in the generation that is coming behind us. And if we're ever going to see revival, who we used to be won't do it. I'm thankful for the old wells, I'm thankful for the water that came from those wells. But how many of you know that in the last days, He wants to pour out His Spirit on all flesh? I'm thankful that the kids are in here today because he doesn't leave them out. He said, old men, we're going to dream dreams. Young men, we're going to see visions. He said, on my handmaids and on my servants, I will pour out my flesh. I believe that if we're going to see revival in this last days, it's going to take a shaking that we've never seen before. We're going to have to pray and seek the Lord like we've never prayed and sought the Lord before but I believe if a church if a body is willing to do that that God is going to raise those up in those churches can I just tell you if you are a senior seasoned saint today that your days are not over you may not be able to carry the sword like you once did you may not be able to march like you once did oh but there is a fresh wind blowing I believe in the last days that are going to cause your achy bodies and your hurting bodies to be rose up as an exceeding great army. We need you. We need you how to teach us how to pray. We need you to teach us that we don't have to give up. We need you to teach us that there is power, that there are signs and wonders that can be released in the church. And scripture said he shook them and they stood up and they lived. There are times while God God will have to use a shaking and a stirring to take your old dead and dusty life that has sent dormant and lifeless and comfortable and undisturbed and he'll have to knock the dust off of you but when he does I'm here to tell you God's going to raise you up as an army listen they prayed and it was filled when God shook the church, it brought a unity to the body. It brought signs and wonders. Thirty of them are mentioned in the accompanying events of Scripture. God brings life through a shaking. But let me close with this. I am fearful. I've preached around this nation and I am fearful. Because what I once saw, I don't see anymore. I don't see the gifts of the Spirit being released in the church. I don't see signs and wonders. I am fearful because what I believe we have done is we have taught a generation that through churchology, we, we've taught them how to fake the shake. you remember in scripture where God says that he raises up a man and in scripture in Judges 16 Samson is raised up he's a mighty man but he connects himself with Delilah he's strong he's taking the lives of thousands Scripture tells us that he connects himself with her and she has a desire to know what brings his strength. See, I, I felt the Lord say to me this morning, there's going to come a time 
when you cannot shake yourself loose. There's going to come a time when it's just too much. You, you, you won't have the strength. There's coming a time when a slick program and a special service won't fix it. You may have been able to shake yourself loose in the past, but these days are different. Scripture says, she says to him, tell me how you get your strength. He, he said, well, you know, if I were tied up with seven new bowstrings, They've not been dried. I'd, I'd become as weak as anybody. And so she ties him up after he goes to sleep. And she calls in the Philistines. And she says, they're here. But Samson wakes up and snaps the bowstrings as pieces of string burned by fire. She, he said, well, you know, if I were tied up with brand new ropes that had never been used, I'd become as weak as anyone else. So he goes to sleep and she ties him up. And she said, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arms as if they were thread. She said, you're lying to me. Come on, tell me. He said, well, if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of your loom and you were to tighten it with the shuttle, I'd become as weak as, as anybody. And she, he goes to sleep and she does it. The Philistines come. They said, they've come to capture you. And he breaks loose from that. And finally, Scripture said she nags him and she says, you're tormenting me. And he said, listen, here's the secret. My hair's never been cut. I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head was shaved, my strength would leave me. I'd become as weak as anybody else. Scripture said that he goes to sleep. Delilah calls the barber. And then in Judges 16, they give him a haircut. And she yells like she had in the past, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And he wakes up just like he had woke up every other time. And this is what he said. He said, okay, I've been here before. I've done this before. I'm just going to do this like I've done it before. And I'm going to shake myself free. Myself free. I'm going to shake myself free. And when he tries to do it, he realizes that the Lord has left him. God help us in these last days that we don't get so caught up in what's manufactured by us that we miss you. I don't want any more stuff we make up. I want His glory. I'm tired of stuff we've made up. I'm tired of programs and I gotta have them. I'm a pastor, but if I'm gonna have a program, I want it to bring His glory. I'm tired of just going to church and doing what I've always done and having the same thing going on. We're going to pray. We're going to receive the offering. We're going to sing three songs. We're going to preach. We're going to go home. I'm glad we have structure. I'm thankful that we're in order. But God, send me your glory. And if, if the Holy Ghost moves, I don't care about the structure. I don't care about the program. What I need in the last day is a move of God and I don't need to wake up one day and the enemy be at my doorstep and me say well I'll just do what I always do I'll just shake myself loose and do that and realize that he's left me God I don't want you to leave me I want your glory God do what you have to do to shake us God do what you have to do to stir us do whatever you have to do God to put your glory back in us your power back in us your anointing back in us. God free me from what I'm connected to. God take away this mentality that says I'm done and I'm finished in the church. I want to live and I want to stand up and I want to be a part of the army in the last days that sees life breathe back into the church. Show me your glory with your heads bowed your eyes closed. Maybe you're here. And you'll say, oh, pastor, I want this. I want his glory. I want our church to be so full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that they're getting healed, that the drug addiction issue is not an issue in our county because revival is sweeping over it and people are being delivered. Oh, I want to see people walk and see 
I want to see families brought back together. I want to see people come off of anxiety and depression medicine because he set them free and gave them a mind that's clear and whole. I want to see your glory. Lord, forgive me if I've learned it and I faked the shake. I realize that it'll only take me so far. Like the prodigal this morning, I'm coming to myself. And I'm standing up in this mess that I'm in and I'm coming home. Maybe you're here today. You're not living right for Jesus. You know the Lord, but you're not in relationship with Him. And you say, I've got sin in my life, Pastor. And I'll just admit that by standing. I'll just admit that. That I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. Come on, somebody. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. And I just admit that today. I confess that today. And I need God to shake it loose from my life. Everything that has tried to connect itself from me. Pornography. Relationships that are not right, God. The enemy, Lord God, this sickness, these things that have brought me down. I pray that God will shake me to loose me from these things. I need to be loosed from some things in my life. Agitate me till it's gone. Oh God, shake the Marysville church. Shake it, I pray. Make it stand up again like an army. You're here this morning and you'll say, you know what, Pastor Rich, I'm not right. Life's not right. I got some things going on. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't worry about who else doesn't raise their hand or lift it or come. It's not about them. It's about you. If you're here this morning, you need the Lord. You need to come back to Him and you're just not where you need to be. You say, well, if I raise my hand, my mom or dad or somebody will see it, doesn't matter. Who matters most is the Lord. He's calling you today. And if you're here and you'll say, Pastor Rich, I got things in my life. I'm not living the way I need to live. I just need to confess that today. If that's you, come on, just raise your hand. Just put it up. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, just put it up if that's you. Come on. Don't be afraid of doing that. We're not going to judge you. We're not here. We're not your judge and jury. We're here to bring you to the cross. Thank you. Thank you. Is that you? Come on, if that's you, raise your hand. Come on, if that's you. Secondly, if you're here and you say, Oh, Pastor Rich, I need God to shake me loose. I got some things in my life that have just connected themselves to me. People, things, situations, circumstances. And I need God to shake that loose from me. I need the Holy Ghost to disconnect me from those things. If I don't get disconnected, it may bring death in my demise. And I realize that. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on, thank you. Thank you. Come on, raise your hand. I'm gonna sit here right. I'm gonna sit right here a minute in the pain because I feel like there's just a few more. If that's you, I need God to shake me loose from some things, battles in my mind, issues in my family addictions in my life. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on, I don't care how long you've been saved. Doesn't matter what position you hold in the church. If it's connected itself to you, it needs to come off. Come on, if that's you, raise it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And lastly, you're here. You love God. And you just say, I want God to pour out His Spirit here. I want revival in our church. I want revival in this city. I want every chair in this place to be full. I want us to have to drag out chairs and sit on the floor. I want us to have to expedite building out and, and, and making another part of this building a sanctuary big enough to hold everybody that's coming. I want the Holy Ghost to stir our community. And if no other church in this town will take, the addict will take them. And if no other church in this town will take, the homeless will take them. If nobody else in this town will take, the broken will take them. We want everybody that's in sin because we know that revival is coming and what is connected them will be shaken loose. If that's you, you say, I've been saved a long time and I want to see his glory one more time. I was talking to an old guy in Cincinnati the other day. He's 80. 
lady, and he's wearing a red hat. I was wearing an Indian's hat, and, he, and I said, how are you? And he talked to me a little bit. His name was Richard. I said, Richard, what do you want in your life? He said, I want to, the, the thing I want most is to see the Reds win the World Series. One more time. I said, Richard, that's not what you need the most. What you need the most in your life is a relationship with Jesus. And when your relationship with Jesus is right, it won't matter who wins the game. It won't matter who wins the World Series. If you're here and you want God to touch this church again, stand to your feet all over this place. Come on, stand to your feet all over this place. As a matter of fact, make your way to this altar as quickly as you can get here. We're getting ready to play something. Come on, as quick as you can make it to the altar. Get out this morning and come. I know we went a little long. We took in some members. Come on, come on, if that's you, come on quickly to this altar. Come on, as quick as you can. And when you get here, just raise your hands in the presence of the Lord this morning. Come on, all over this building. I want to see your glory. And God, if you have to take some things from me, take it. If you need to put some things in me, put it in me. Put it in us. God, shake us. Oh, God, shake us. Come on, tell him right now with your own lips open it. God, shake it loose from me. God, take it away from me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Shake me, God. Whatever it takes, Lord, God, I pray that you will shake me, God. Lord, remove everything from me that has to be removed, God. Oh, God, agitate it. God, shake it. Lord, God, do what you have to do to take it. And then once you have taken it, God, I pray that you will replace it with your glory. Let every person that hears every note from my lips on audible soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray it, God.